Welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? So exhausted. Um, that's yeah. that's going to be my journey this week. I feel that. I have so been tired. very tired today. I woke up. I didn't get my normal dose of caffeine. So then I went to this little coffee cart by my work. And I was good and, you know, hyped up for like the first three, four hours of my shift. And then the second half of the day, I just, like, I could see the bags forming under my eyes. (laughs) I was slowing down. Yeah. Mm. I'm old. Yeah, well, oh, gosh, T. So, (laughs) um, COVID really did one damage to me, actually. Two things. So, I stopped drinking for one full month, so my body could catch up to it being older. Mm -hmm. And so, then what happened is, then I started getting tired. Like, I started getting tired more often and more frequently because I slowed down. And then... I also cannot make it through a day without a cup of coffee if I go to bed after eleven mm, thirty. Yeah. If I go to bed after eleven thirty, I cannot make you it through the day. You need some sort of caffeine. I do. And like I yeah. do remember that before COVID, like which now it feels so long ago, I think I used to take like a quick nap before I would get in a drag, like mm-hmm. like an hour, which would be like enough to get me through the day, but now since I don't even get that Like, so you think you get to go home early, and most of the time you do, but since I work at the bar, sometimes you can just, like, hang out with your friends after. Yeah. You can't really drink, but, like, you'll be at the bar till, like, 11, Mm -hmm. and, like, oh, God, that feels so late these days. Yeah. Yeah, I, it would for me, too. I'm in bed. I was in bed before my parents this weekend. (laughs) My dad was like, yeah, I was up past midnight because your nephews, his grandsons, were basically just, like, keeping him up. You know, they're little balls of energy. And I was in bed by, like, 10.30. <laughs> so that made me feel fucking old. Oh, yeah. No, I get tea. So much tea. Uh, Don, I forgot to ask, what are you wearing this evening? I'm actually, I'm dressed like Snoopy and <laughs> just being really rude to everyone. Um, didn't you do that one Halloween or something? Mm-hmm. You dressed like Snoopy? I did. I did. I was told... <laughs> I dressed like Snoopy, and I was super rude to someone, and then they took their mission on it to be mean to me for For the foreseeable future. (laughs) Like, what? I just wanted to bring an inside joke into my outfit, so. I'm dressed as mean Snoopy. (laughs) I'm dressed as mean Snoopy. Well, now I don't have one. Oh, you know what? Actually, I am dressed specifically uh, like Pepper Ann. Oh, nice. (laughs) Because I wanted to wear some really mismatched skirt with some ugly leggings and a sweater that always swoops to the left. Yeah. And the red wig that just is a mess. Pepper Ann. I don't remember the the theme song for it, but I... Marching in a room parade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to be like, Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, but then I was like, that's kind of like Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. But that is the theme song. Is it? Yeah. Did they just steal steal it from Dr. Jones? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Old memory unlocked. Yeah. Much too cool for seventh grade. (laughs) That happened. That happened while I was reminiscing with coworkers the other day. They were like, "Did you ever Street Sharks? Did you remember that? Oh my God! I had the toys." And oh, I, I forgot fun. completely about that cartoon. And then I was like, do you remember Gargoyles? And then everyone went crazy. Well, yeah. Every, yeah. Gargoyles was just amazing. Yeah, so. it was. <laughs> but Street Sharks, I I mean, that was like a completely lost mm-hmm. memory until someone said that. So, Do you know what kind of kills me, though? Gargoyles was one of the few cartoons uh-huh. that actually had a series finale that wrapped up the storyline. Really? Like, because, yeah, a lot of cartoons didn't. I mean, Pepperon actually did, too. Yeah. Pepperon had a fast-forward episode. Yeah. Um, where... This is so funny. I think she was working for a video game company. 
Um, and she was going back for her middle school reunion, I guess. Huh. She's unmarried. Um, she's huh. unmarried, no kids. That's cool. And then when she goes back, uh, she that boy she always liked, uh, he kept talking about his girl or whatever, but his dog's name was girl. Oh. And so she was like, she's like, yeah, well, now I have a reason to come back home more often. And that's how it ends. Oh, I mean, that's kind of a cute. sweet ending. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it did, it did really fit with the narrative of that. But, yeah, it's funny. I don't think... Did As Told by Ginger have a series finale? It did. Or was it just the movie? It did. It did have a series finale. It might have been the movie, but I, I remember how it ended. And it was really cute, I, mm-hmm. who she ended up with. I don't remember who she... Oh, there was a boy she the ended neighbor. up with. Yeah, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I remember that being sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> she was, like, reading her book at the very end, and there it, like, zooms out to, like, all of the classmates, like, sitting around at her, like, book signing reading party or whatever mm-hmm. and then like he's there with their kids oh i didn't know it did a fast forward yeah it did like a fast oh forward. i'm gonna have to watch that last episode now yeah. now i'm interested i'm gonna pause this now <laughs> 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 so just have this like childhood moment yeah um which is funny because the topic that we're gonna do today is like me and donna like to do we should change the name of this podcast processing trauma processing trauma <laughs> it's it's interesting it's because it's fun to do it I, the funny really. thing is it sometimes is, like, when it's goofy, and then other times it's, like, really cathartic, and other times it's damaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you have to be ready for it. Like, little bits and pieces of my past come back to haunt me, and I mm-hmm. have to be ready to slay that dragon when mm-hmm. it comes. Yeah. Other times it just completely, like, vanquishes me, and I'm, you know, devastated and depressed for months at a time. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> <laughs> So, the way that we're going to process our trauma today, ladies and gentlemen, is we are going to... So, before the break, I'm going to go through my story, and then mm-hmm. kind of after the break, Donna will go through their story, and then we're kind of going to talk about it. We've touched on these subjects briefly, but I think that this is going to be really interesting, this journey, because I had some details of the story that Donna doesn't know about, too. Yeah. So, I kind of wanted to get her reaction to those. To not bore everybody before our break... Um, so I was involved in a scandal in college or an incident. And I always, the way I always tell people, it always does make it sound like it's sexual assault, but that we don't need that content warning for this, this dialogue specifically. Mm-hmm. When I was a senior in college, I liked a boy. I'm going to call him John B. Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of this podcast, because he is on my Facebook and people will probably be able to find him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the school had just moved to going to professional students as resident directors. So people mm-hmm. who live in the halls, who are professional, they're like professional RAs that they come from different schools and that's what they go to school for. They want to be mm-hmm. RAs for life. Anyway, so the school just moved to this model and I was a senior resident assistant. It was my senior year of college and one of the boys' names, his name was John B. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't fully out of the closet at this point. I was out to like some friends and I liked some boys, but I never really dated, I guess, at that level just yet because um, I was super unsure of myself and whatever. So what happened was... He was the he was over two different residence halls that I did not work in, mm. um, and I we were just hanging out one day, and he was this redheaded little bear dude, and actually he was taller than me, and mm. I thought that he was really attractive, and I I just remember one day he just came out and he was like, yeah, I just came out of the closet before I moved here, and I was like, oh, I was like, well, I'm bisexual, and like I haven't told a lot of people yet. My mom knew at that point, but I just wasn't like out out. Yeah, we started talking and whatever, and. I, I think what, this is what's weird about it. Like, 
This story is, is not going to be as scandalous as our listeners probably want it to be. It's just it was scandalous of what happened after. Yeah, the result. Yeah, the result was really traumatic. And by the way, I was telling Donna this before I started that I... Living in Portland has made me unpack and process through a lot of trauma I experienced when I was in Grand Junction. Mm, and same. And, like, I'll just wake up in the morning and I'll, like, be doing my morning poo or my morning shower and just <laughs> be like... My brain's like, do you remember this? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is what happens. It's like, do you remember this thing that happened? Remember this and how you should feel about it now that you realize it was a really <laughs> fucked up situation you that were in? That part. That's the part. It's it's weird because it's like, at the time, it was just life happening yes. as it was happening. Yes. And then you're like, maybe this affected me long term. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was an incredibly cathartic thing that Donna just said. I didn't realize that. But, yeah. Yeah. It's because, like, hey, guess what? This is a scar mm-hmm. that you didn't know about. Yeah. So what happened from that point is uh, we went on... Well, I mean, we were always texting, sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, we went on one date. Mm. One. Um, and... I got him, like, a gift for, like, Christmas or his birthday. It was just a blanket I found at Goodwill. And we kissed once. Not make, mm. not even making out. Yeah. It was a goodnight kiss from the date. Hmm. Um, and that was it. And then he told me, he's like, well, he's like, it's probably inappropriate because, like, we're both, stu- like, you're still a student, even though you're graduating in four months. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, graduating in four months. And I was like, okay, well... Yeah, that I mean, and then we just didn't talk anymore. Like, yeah. we didn't talk. And then, like, that next month, I was called into the office, the housing department, and Katie B., the assistant director of housing, and a lady I'd never seen before, um, were like, so we have to ask you a couple of questions. And I was like, okay. And they were like, well, did you, were you involved in a romantic relationship with John B.? And I was like, no, not really. I was like, I mean, it, it felt like it might be going in that direction, but it didn't. Yeah. And then she said that she, then she asked me really pointed questions, which has, that, that's a good part that scarred me. She's asking me pointed questions like, well, did you buy him a gift for his, whatever it was, the birthday or Christmas? And I said, yeah, it was just a blanket. Yeah. And then they're like, did you kiss? And I said, yes, but we didn't make out. And I was like, they're like, did you watch a movie together? And I was like, I've watched movies with lots of people. But yeah. yes, we watched a movie together. And It was almost like a, an interrogation. Yeah, it was. But they made me feel like such a predator. Yeah. Like, I remember leaving that room feeling like I had done something really gross. And I know that people listening to this are well, like... Well, that's not good for you, especially, especially being freshly out. Yeah, no. That part. Yeah. <laughs> that's... It's terrible. That's the part. Because... When I left that room feeling like this predator, and then I hadn't been talking to John B. Because at this point, just to go fast forward, he had actually been called in, obviously, to HR. And they basically told him, which is so, so wrong. They basically say, if we finish our investigation and we find anything, you're going to be fired. Mm -hmm. So we'll give you a choice right now. Do you want to quit or do you want to wait for us to finish our investigation? And he basically said, I'll just go ahead and leave now. It's already Christmas break. Like, I'll just leave now, and that way you can just drop this and whatever, and we can move on. Yeah. Partially to protect me, but also partially to make it, like, an easy transition, right? Yeah. And so he packed all of his stuff, and then he left. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was texting and calling him, and he never answered. Um, 
I did find out that he did show, like, the HR lady, like, all of our text message exchanges, mm. um, which it feels invasive, and I think that's probably illegal. Yeah. <laughs> um, good old CMU. Um, yeah. They handled <laughs> things so great. So great they did. When I left the housing office, feeling like a sexual predator in the worst way possible, and even though, like, and I don't want people to think that this was, like, the you were in high school and this person was a teacher in their mid-20s. Yeah. This was me being 22, 23, or 24, at one of those ages, um, talking to a boy who was 24, 25, or 26. Like, we, I think we were two or three years apart. Mm. I think that was it. And so I left that. and then, But in that conversation, because I was a senior resident assistant, um, they said... So your consequences for doing this, even though there weren't anything in our handbook about this, uh, they demoted me um, and then put me in a different building. So they made Mm -hmm. me a regular RA, put me in a different building to finish out my year. Mm -hmm. And so when I came back for RA training, which was always a huge kind of fun thing where you get to hang out with a bunch of people before the schools open. Yeah, they, they put me in the Walnut Ridge Apartments. And then so I remember the first day of RA training because all the staffs are in the same room. My old staff... Because my old resident director had basically said that, like, oh, he wanted to leave, is what she had said. Hmm. Her name was Amy. Uh, We're going to call her Amy M. for this, because she's really important to this story, too. So, Amy M. had told them that I left just, like, willingly. And so... And then other people on campus said that I had a sexual relationship with this person, and that's why he got fired, and like all these other things. And he so wasn't. There were rumors going around. So many so. rumors. So what I decided to do in front of everybody during RA training is I said, um, I was like, no, I was like, I was involved with this person. We went on one date. We kissed once. I gave him a present. And apparently because he's a professional staff member, he basically was forced out and then I got demoted because of it. Even though one of the other resident directors at the time, um, who's going to go by Alex K in my story, um, was sleeping with a student actually at that point. Hypocrite. Yeah. They actually stayed together quite a bit after uh, he graduated because he was also a senior. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They were together for quite some time. And so, yeah, I, so I got demoted and I said, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And they basically, my old staff kind of, like, revolted and basically said they wanted me back, but, like, the housing department was like, no, no. Because they were super pissed that John had to leave for being involved with the student. Yeah. So they were, like, punishing you. They were punishing me for it. And I had to sit there and take all those consequences. And I remember it was really jarring. I became incredibly suicidal. Now, I'm going to flash forward to the end of the story here before our break. The... So over the last 48 hours, um, this story, the reason this is so important is I've always struggled with coming out of the closet. Mm -hmm. And it is directly and completely related to this story. Now, my mom wasn't super on board, nor my dad, when I came out. And I know that that always leaves scars. Mm -hmm. But in my professional life, I've always really struggled with coming out of the closet. And it is directly related to this. Because I got outed before I was comfortable And I couldn't even navigate how people would feel about me. And they made me feel like a predator for, like I basically said, like liking a boy. Yeah. So um, the assistant director was later fired, uh, Katie B. I don't know why, but people have told me it's related to this incident because Mm -hmm. of the mishandling of the situation. And then my other, another resident director at the time, who goes by Amy H., 
she and I have actually been talking over the last 48 hours. And there was just a point when I... Oh, because I found out that Amy M. was the one who had told the housing department about my relationship with John B. Mm. And... So I was getting mad about it, and I'm an adult now. We're all adults now. And what's funny is I wrote all of these people involved, Mm -hmm. and they all responded, like, pretty much right away. I said, I have a question for you, and most of them were right away. So I wrote Amy M., Mm -hmm. and I said, I want to know why you did this to me. Like, you made my life so much more difficult at that time. It was probably one of the most traumatic events of my life at that time period. Mm -hmm. I was like, for my phase of life, that was probably the most traumatic experience back then. And I said, I don't know why you did what you did. And she came back saying, the only reason I went to housing is because John B. had said that you were suicidal. And I went to the housing department to ask them for advice about how to deal with a suicidal student. And I said, but the only conversation that was ever given to me after that moment was me getting demoted and yeah, being yelled at for liking that a boy. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That doesn't make it... That, two and two is not equaling four. Mm-mm. And then... So I did message Katie B, and mm-hmm. she responded right away too, which was really interesting, being because she was obviously more professional, assistant director of housing. Yeah, and I told her about it, and she said she's like that moment isn't really impactful for her, even though it probably led up to her firing from that institution. And she said, I don't really remember. She's like, but I think it was one of the hall directors who told me about it. Mm. She's like, I don't remember anybody ever telling me that you were suicidal. She's like, I'm not saying it didn't happen. She's like, but I don't remember that ever coming up with all of that. Yeah. And then I did later in the evening talk to John B. specifically saying, did you ever tell Amy M. that I was suicidal? He's like, he's like, I don't remember specific conversations. He's like, but you never told me you were suicidal. Yeah. He's he's like, I don't know why she's saying that. It's probably to cover her own ass. Probably a little bit. But even, but even so, what really kills me about that, I found out why I got so angry was because I found out that Amy M. is now married to a woman. Mm. I was like, there there is some poetic injustice about that yeah. to me. I was just like, are you kidding me? Because yeah. I was so broken about that. Obviously, we're getting really close to a certain period where I have to ask Donna, how are you doing this evening? Coco, I will let you know after this brief commercial break. Do you wear t-shirts? Do you wear a face mask? I sure as hell hope so. Do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there? Yes. Even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like Defund the Police, Black Lives Matter, and It Goes Over Your Nose, and even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated. And guess what? What? It's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDips.com is trans, fat, lesbian, and the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Jono. Listeners, head on over to HunterDrips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at HunterDrips.com. 
It's a podcast with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Tune into what they tell you. Podcast with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Well, Coco, I feel like a suitcase after a vacation because I'm unpacking some shit tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh god. I'm hilarious. Look at me. Oh my goodness. Uh, um, <laughs> but you have some more to your story. So there was some more that you wanted to kind of say to wrap yeah. it up. So obviously that was traumatic and it mm-hmm. went full into my adulthood. And so I was contacted each of the people involved and Katie B was one of the last people and then she said uh, uh, Chip T was the director of housing and she said he would know the whole story Mm. so Chip no longer had a Facebook or an Instagram I found him on LinkedIn and I sent him a message Mm. it's funny he responded right away really yeah he goes but I was driving home like Uh I sent him the message not waiting to get a response and then he sent me a message while I was on my way home but it took me forever to get home so when I wrote him back um, it was like almost an hour later and he didn't respond but basically I had said that this is the situation that sorry I said I wanted to ask you about the situation and, you know, he's been in the housing world for oh, an wow. adult resident life forever. And he basically was like, I don't remember. He's like, I'm sorry it's traumatic. He's like, but I'm going to need more details to know what you're talking Referring about. Referring to. Yeah, yeah, so I gave him all the details and I haven't gotten a response yet. Mm. So I don't have full closure on the situation yet, even though me and John B. had like a two-hour conversation yesterday mm. that was really cathartic for me. But one thing that he said in that conversation, um, one of my close friends, his name is uh, Tyler Glassman, Mm -hmm. but the other person in our life, he's actually, he's like, he's like, I did have a really difficult time with my staff. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, the one that I never really could get past was Kyle Kimball, our roommate who just went down. And I was like, what happened with Kyle? And he's like, he's like, well, right after RA training, he came into my office after he found out that I was gay and said to me, he's like, and it stayed with him forever. Like he said, Kyle said to me, I think it is so messed up that you didn't tell us about you before, you know, before we, uh, before we took this job. Like, I just feel like you lied to us. Like that you didn't tell us or expose to us that you were gay before you before we um before you started working here and before we decided to work for you i mean that sounds like kyle at that time oh gosh that does sound like kyle at that time yeah i mean he's very different today listener oh god um yeah that definitely does sound like kyle back in the day when he was fresh out of a religious cult yeah actually at that point he was still in it it was still in it (laughs) he was still in it at that point no and I, i the one thing that i have to thank john b for was I was hanging out because of John B. That's why Kyle and I became friends, Mm -hmm. actually. And then, of course, he's one of my best friends now. But I was, when he told me that, I was actually really hurt by that because Kyle has lived the last like four years of his life living with homosexuals. Yeah. And like is pretty much queer himself in his own right. Of course, still straight, but like queer in his own right. And (laughs) he. And he loves all of us so deeply and fully and completely and helps us with life and our journeys. Yeah. And um, was like kind of like our house dad while he lived here with me and Donatella. Yeah. And so that person, I mean, it does show that 
people can kind of change. Yeah. And I just think that, I know that that's like not the point of the story, but when I was listening to that and I was like, that person that I was back then probably wouldn't um, have been the same. And then the last piece that I thought was interesting. So when me and John B stopped was in the December, the December before I graduated, mm-hmm. I met my ex-husband pretty much one year mm. after that. Cause he also said on the phone, He's like, if we, if I would have waited to ask you out, you know, like I was planning to, you know, in that June when you graduated, he's like, would that have meant that you would have not been with your ex-husband? And I said, yeah, actually, because even if we only lasted a month, yeah, I, I had strong plans to move. I wanted to find love. So I was going to move to Florida, but I got a job offer in Grand Junction, so I moved back. Yeah. Lived in the hotel or whatever. And then, and then you met your ex. Met him on the day I moved out of the hotel. Yeah. So if I had dated him for any length of time, I wouldn't have met my That's ex. That's crazy that he was the reason why you were in Grand Junction as long as you were. Yeah. That's insane. Huh. Yeah. So well. that kind of sums up that drama. I'll let the listeners know what uh, Chip T that. says when they finally decide to respond to me to figure out... Who was the one who ratted me out to housing? Who yeah. was the person who made my life a little bit more challenging? But now I feel like I can finally begin to heal. Yeah. I actually, the story that I'm going to tell today is when I kind of started unpacking some things because a little podcast I was listening to kind of like triggered the memory, <laughs> the, the, the trauma that I, I went through with all this. And mine also has to do with being in college and having a inappropriate relationship with a superior. Mm-hmm. I worked in student life when, from probably my sophomore year all the way until the end of my junior year, I was in student life. Okay. I tried to work in it senior year. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But basically what happened was I was working in student life for the Cultural Diversity Board, and... My first semester working in student life was actually, it of my junior year went really, it went well. I was fresh out of a very toxic relationship mm-hmm. with the reality TV extra <laughs> that was 10 years my senior. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about him before on the podcast. Basically what had happened was I was still at a pretty vulnerable state, you know, like I was 20 years old. I was home for break, obviously, because I lived in Grand Junction and I went to school at CMU. So at this point, I was just kind of starting to talk to my family again. This is right around the time that we started talking again more. And I was on the dating apps, you know. So I was on Grindr, and I get a message from an anonymous profile. And it was, we were kind of talking for a while. Things seemed to, I I normally don't entertain faceless profiles, but Mm -hmm. for this time, for some reason, this time I was. And I was just trying to play the 21 questions, and I get a Donovan, you know me. And I was like, oh. And they were, like, hesitant to reveal themselves at first, but then eventually they said, This is Rich. We'll call him Rich for this story. Okay. Rich was my boss Hmm. in student life. 
I, he was openly gay, had moved from another university in Colorado to work in student life, and I felt kind of flattered by the fact that someone who was, he was probably around 10 years my senior also, mm -hmm. um, was hitting me up basically, you know, and I wasn't the type of person at the time that was just looking for sex. Did I hook up? Yeah, I was in college and that happened and I was freshly exploring my sexuality. So, um, but it wasn't all I wanted. I, I really at that time wanted someone to love me. I was desperately seeking that and attracting the wrong people. And so I thought that maybe he was interested in me because he wanted something more. So we got to talking and I realized that he had lived really close to my apartment. So I would make the trip and I would like walk over to his apartment. And at first it started out pretty innocent. You know, we would like lay down and cuddle together and watch movies. Um, eventually like a kiss came and he would talk about his family and I would talk about mine. Mm. And it was like, I felt like I was, I was like getting to know him and it was like on a, on like a personal basis. And there were times as we hung out that he would like press sex. And I said that I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I wanted to like get to know him and I was, you know, in, in that mode of like not wanting to hook up. Mm -hmm. And so it, eventually he pressed it and I, caved and this happened probably it happened fairly soon in the time that we were hanging out I would mm -hmm. say it was probably like the third time that we hung out and I went over like one other time to like hang out and I just noticed that like the the mood was different before he wasn't as friendly he wasn't opening up to me about his family and all that stuff mm -hmm. and it was immediately like I was kind of like shut off and like ghosted around that time mm -hmm. Um, it was convenient that he was going back to visit his family in the state that they lived in, in the Midwest. And yeah, I, I stopped hearing from him. And so I came back and it was kind of the same story. He just kind of like treated it like it was no big deal. I eventually, I think, get, got some sort of message from him saying like, sorry, I'm just not ready for that right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was what it was. So I was kind of kind of hurt because I, you know, he got what he wanted and I felt taken advantage of. I was also, you know, a lot younger and vulnerable at that point. So it was, it was kind of like groomy because I was only 20 years old and mm -hmm. freshly coming into my like sexuality. And it, it was, it just, it left me like not feeling so great. That winter, I, a lot of bombshells happened in my life. So this was all afterwards, like directly after this happening, I found out that my mom had cancer and my sister, who was a senior in high school, was pregnant from her ex-boyfriend. You know, it, my family was kind of experiencing a lot of, like, turmoil at the time as well. And it was a very stressful time. And I definitely, like, was not my best that second semester of college. So I think a lot of it did have to do with the rich situation. Um, because I was hurt, but there was also a lot that was just going in, on in my life, so I didn't really have time to process what had just happened mm -hmm. to me. Well, it comes time, senior year, I, I don't get hired for any position in student life going into my senior year. 
Um, and towards the end of junior year, my friends kind of like come together because they were having some issues with this director of student life too. And they were like, we're going to come forward about all the like inappropriate stuff he's done with us. And we want you to tell your story. Like you still have the messages, right? So I went through, made sure I still had the messages like screenshot and I had them on that phone and I was going to get ready to share them too, but I wasn't going to do it if I was going to do it alone. Because I felt weird. I felt like maybe people wouldn't believe me. It was the whole kind of situation mm -hmm. that a victim kind of like goes through in their head when they right. experience something like that. So I just decided that I would, you know, I'd, I'd wait and see. And so like the days, the day comes that we're supposed to go to come forward about what mm -hmm. he's been doing to students, um, for them, it wasn't, like, sexual. He was mostly just kind of inappropriate and, like, verbally abusive towards them, or he had said some things that were mm -hmm. just, like, not really appropriate to say towards students. Basically, what happened when I tried to talk with the other students in Student Life that were going to come forward, they said, yeah, we've decided we're not going to. You, you're welcome to, though, if, if you want to come forward about what happened to you. And the sad thing is, like, a lot of these people were my friends at the time. And I was very, like, disappointed because I knew that I didn't really have the courage to, like, talk about what had happened. And a lot of the reason why I was, like, so fired up to share, too, is because, and this is the part that I haven't told you and that I said that I would save for the podcast, but he had told one of those friends my name had come up in some situation mm -hmm. and part of the reason why they were saying he was abusive is that he talked bad about students and student life and like gossiped with them, okay. you know, catty shit. Yeah. Apparently he has, he had said something about me like, Oh no, I would not touch him. He's gross. I don't know where he's been. Oh God. Like slut shaming. Oh him. my God. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And this is after we had hooked up like all that stuff. Oh you my know, God. After everything had happened. Oh my God. Um, basically, like, painting me to be this, like, disgusting person that, like, slept around with everyone, and, yeah, it, it was, it definitely, like, hurt me a lot, and especially, like, going into senior year, I know that I had a lot going on, and I didn't perform my best in student life, mm -hmm. um, but I did apply for many positions mm -hmm. going into my senior year, some that were definitely demotions from what I was doing, and I didn't get hired for a single one. Yikes. So that definitely, like, shook my confidence, and going into my senior year, it was definitely academically the worst year of my college experience. I failed classes that year. I was extremely depressed. I was drinking a ton, and this is around the time, too, that I was, like, starting to get involved in more in drugs and alcohol, and just kind of like really hurting myself, developing patterns that really ended up hurting me all the way into my late 20s. Mm -hmm. Basically that situation and other poorly handled situations that happened on that campus as the reason why I did drop out my senior year of college with a little over a semester yeah. left of school. And this is all coming up right now because I have made the decision to go back to school. I have, luckily, about 108 credits that are going to transfer over, and I could possibly finish my bachelor's within the next year or so. Oh, that's good. So that's something that's really great. Um, but 
it just made me realize that I think when I thought back on this situation, I really blamed myself and thought really negatively of myself. Oh, thanks, and, and I, for some reason, because I was going through so much and I wasn't, like, I was really in survival mode and I wasn't the best person either, even to other people. Like, I was a shitty roommate. I pr probably wasn't the best friend either. I'm not even probably. I wasn't the best friend around that time either. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to focus on getting by, so it, I didn't really have the ability to be that for people. Yeah. I think that I thought because I felt so ashamed of how I was while I was going through all of that, that I deserved what had happened to me. And I think that, uh, you know, it's funny because, like, um, my old boss used to say to me that when I was right when the marriage was, like, falling apart, mm -hmm. that I became a terrible person. And to a degree, I mean, that's what they said. And mm -hmm. I... I think it had a lot to do with the fact of when you go into survival mode, like you said, you were trying to do anything in your power to make it to where you don't feel like a terrible person. Yeah. Even though you think you don't like yourself. Because even with my situation with John B., I felt very dirty. Yeah. I, I felt very dirty. Yeah. Um, just and you did nothing wrong. I know. We and both just, did it. And just to expose myself even deeper, because we said that we would really have these conversations when we were uh, moving forward in our podcast... I actually, after, John B. was the person I thought I was going to lose my virginity to, mm. actually. Because, like, it was that situation where a guy actually liked me. Two points of the story to make John B. not sound like such a terrible person. It's, he, well, because he wasn't, to be honest. He just caught up in a situation. He actually said, I remember the first thing he said, the last conversation we had was that uh, we were, like, sitting in front of, like, the Fine Arts Building, um, and he basically, in front of the library, and he mm -hmm. said... He's like, he's like, it just sucks that because of like my job and you know, the timing and whatever, like, like I can't even be with the first person I ever loved. Yeah. Which is, uh, I wasn't really in I didn't really know what love was at that mm -hmm. point per se, but like that felt pretty close. Yeah. And so it's true. I did end up, um, losing my virginity to a friend, like, um, probably like, I don't know, like, four months later or whatever, yeah. because I actually remember telling myself, like, F it. Yeah. Like, I did, because I was so done. I was yeah. just so done, because I just felt like, I was like, that situation made me feel so dirty and so gross yeah. from how I was treated that I just didn't really love myself. And I don't necessarily regret how I lost my virginity as much as I had these ideas in my head about what I wanted to do. So even if, like... Even if sex with John B. was terrible, like, it still would have been in, like, the relationship, like, romantic feeling aspect instead yeah. of the, like, I just want to get rid of this aspect, you know? Yeah. And, like, and and that, because that stuff stays with you. It does. It shapes you. It does. And, and I like you just said about the long-lasting scars, that's why you, like, you hear these podcasts where you just wake up, you're taking a shower, and it's like, oh, by the way, you have to process through this nonsense. Yeah. And with your story, what's really heartbreaking about that is I do remember situations where I was that girl where I would to be the to be the fun girl I'd say I never went with somebody or slept with somebody uh -huh. just to like have the conversation and I think that that's so gross especially from people in positions of power yeah. to make those kind of comments to make people feel less than yeah um when they're the ones who had a blank profile on effing grinder yeah. gosh and I hated rich I really did they were a terrible 
terrible person. And they did everything in their power to make me feel small and less than. My goodness, that person was garbage. He was, <laughs> he was a piece of shit. And another thing, <laughs> another reason why it, it is kind of traumatizing is because I remember when I did Cave and we ended up having sex, it was a complete 180 from like how our conversations had been going. He felt like sweet and sincere and nice while we were having conversations. And then when it switched to like sexual, he got like really aggressive and it was like a side of him that was completely different from the side that I was getting acquainted with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made it also kind of like a traumatizing sexual experience too. Yeah, because you became part of the long game. Yeah. You were the long game, the guy that you had to sweet talk and yeah. be really nice to. And, you know, and then like they even tricked themselves into thinking that like, you know, maybe it could be something more. And yeah. then they finally get the thing that they want and they become the piece of crap person that they always were. Yeah. Like, and... It just, and it sucks. It so very much sucks. And that school did so little, so little to help. I rem- I don't, I don't really want to speak on it too, too much, but I remember talking to, because remember they had those council, like Fran was one of them? Yeah. Like they, yeah. the student mentors. I think they were mentors, I right? talked with Fran a couple of times. I, I did too, and Fran was helpful. I, yeah. I will never say anything negative about Fran. Yeah. But... Fran was trying to give me a kick in the ass, which is how Fran operated. It was, yeah. But being a queer kid in a conservative city, losing your job for finally liking a boy the right way. Yeah. Um, and don't don't keep in mind, I had other boyfriends. I I, I did. Um, but the thing with John B felt really real, mm-hmm. and opposed to the people I had dated previously, and so. When I was talking to Fran about it and what happened and, like, everything that happened with KDB, I just was like, it didn't make me feel better because everything was so, the consequences were so finite yeah. and so hurtful. Oh, my God. So much so. Yeah. I mean, you got demoted from your situation and my situation led me to me, led to me dropping out of college, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, it had lasting effects on Well, me. and even think about this. I might have... If that was in, so let's say the thing that me and, well, technically it did start at the beginning of the, you know, fall semester, Mm -hmm. but let's say, like, they found out about us, like, early on in, like, in August or whatever, I don't know if I would even have finished my senior year. Yeah. Like, I just remember thinking to myself, like, I have, I remember counting days. I was like, Mm -hmm. I have three months, and then I'm out of this place. I was like, that's it, and I'm done. Yeah. And I know people, when I post this story, especially with the title I think I want to use for it. Yeah. um, (laughs) They're going to be like, but you decided to be a professional staff member after, you know, after all that stuff happened to you, even with Chip T, um, because they asked you to come back. And the reason I came back, it wasn't specifically to be an RA. I came Mm -hmm. back because I had a job opportunity and I had nowhere to live. And so I thought that the job opportunity would pan out. And I, yeah, and I had good friends who were RAs. So of course it was an easier decision. But like working for the housing department after what they did to me... I mean, but Katie B had been fired at this point, mm-hmm. and so her being fired made me feel like there was some kind of poetic justice. Yeah. Even though I, I did ask her though, and I'm going to expose this on here. I asked her why she got fired when I was talking to her yesterday, and she said they never told me, and I think it's be so I couldn't sue, sue them for wrongful termination. Mm. And I was just like, mm. dang. Mm. And I mean, in most of the people that I spoke to, Amy M. Amy H, even John B, and even Katie B, were all like, 
they're like, oh, yeah, that place was toxic as hell. Like, yeah. it just was. It was. The, the I mean, more than just the housing department, student life, and mm-hmm. also even some wings of, like, the administration um, as yeah. well were very... I. I I've talked about, I believe, my the hate crime that happened to me on that campus, too, where I got jumped, and that was very mishandled. And, yeah, I mean, it a, that university did not have a great way of dealing with things. And no. we were both people who worked in departments of the school that expected you to put on a happy face and be good for the students and sell mm-hmm. the school and, you know, like, show that what we're all about, you know? And yeah. it was very hard to do that when you were so, like, beaten down from the situation. It's were. true. And I, actually, as you said that, I remember, and I'll say his name. Mm-hmm. So, John Marshall, who was the VP? I don't, I don't know. Like, he was up there. John, he was up there, yeah. Yeah. I think I, he was VP. I think he was VP. Um, I remember going to meet with him in his office about after everything that happened and to just be like, kind of like to say my grievances and being like, this was really awful and to complain about KDB to be like, this was awful about what happened to me. And (laughs) that I seriously, school was a shit storm. He was the one that didn't understand why there was a GSA in the cultural diversity board. Oh, right. I remember hearing about that. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted to get rid of us. (laughs) GSA stands for gay straight alliance. Um, oh yeah, gosh, what a, I I don't even know how I made it through all of that. I really don't. I think it's because I had good friends and I, I, I had good friends that helped me through it. But I even remember being on a phone call with all of them right before I went back to school. Cause remember this kind of happened close to a Christmas break and I got back and they were all just floored yeah. and they did stick up for me. I don't think Amy M lost her job. I can't remember what happened to her. I just remember thinking to myself, she actually did. Amy M, when she wrote me, she said, I kind of just left you alone because I thought that you had blamed me. And I was like, because it was your fault. Even if it was the suicide thing, which I think was a lie. Yeah. Like, who who handles suicide with one of their staff members by going to tell every single other person outside of the staff member? That doesn't or even, make sense. Like, no. everybody always knows that the way that you started is like, are you thinking about suicide? Yeah. Like, in every training we had on that campus, that's what you did. Yeah. And so, like, and even if you weren't brave enough to do that, like, what happened isn't the outcome. The thing is, I don't necessarily, because I know that this will probably get posted everywhere, I'm not necessarily calling her a liar, but the storyline that she gave me does not add up. Yeah. I appreciate the apology she gave me, even though it took her a while to get there. But I, I, that's why I really want Chip uh, T to respond. And, you know, maybe he'll be able to fill in the rest of the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Give me that closure I goddamn want. You're, you're a lot braver than I am by reaching out to the people involved. I don't think that I would ever really want to, like... At this point, I don't think that I would ever really want to reach out to Rich... I was wondering about that, though. Not him. The friends. The friends, because that... One of them was, like, honestly, one of my really good friends. And one of them was a friend, a mutual friend of ours as well. Oh, right. Uh, But one of them was one of my really good friends at the time in college. At least I felt that we were really good friends. And they were the one, too, that she, like, told me, she's like, we're going to do this, we're going to come forward, and, like, you know... I, if you have screenshots of what happened, you should get those. And, you know, um, so yeah, I've never, I've never really told, told them how I felt about that when that happened, but that was also quite possibly the hardest year of my life. And 
there was so much to process that year that I'm like just now getting around to it. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I feel like this is definitely your own version of 13 reasons why. I mean, yeah, you definitely went through, you went through it and a lot of people didn't know about it. No. I remember when you first told me about Rich that I was like, I was like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense for that piece of garbage. Honestly, <laughs> up until recently, I didn't even realize how inappropriate it was. That it was like literal sexual harassment. Like, your superior, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. your superior is not supposed to, like, through an anonymous profile, reach out to you for, you know, sex mm-hmm. and push sex. You know, like the fact that I, the fact that I had to like set boundaries and say I don't want that, and then eventually like caved into it. At the time, it, I was consenting to it, mm-hmm. and I'm I was twenty years old, so that was one thing. It, it doesn't matter if I wasn't a minor around the time. The fact is, it was a situation in which a superior was taking advantage of. Like it was a it was a power move. It was a, a like a power balance. I don't think that. I think be, directly because of that, it affected me. Deeply, my senior year. Yeah. I remember, I remember actually Amy H when I was talking to them said, I remember talking to, I think it was like the secretary of housing at the mm-hmm. time saying that, be like, oh no, the rumor going around was you had a sexual relationship with this person. And as a virgin at the time, even that can be damaging. Yeah. Like, even if it's not fully sex, even like, even as not fully sex, it was damaging with the way that people were treating me. Yeah. And then like, even going through with it or even doing what I did, making someone feel guilty, like the slut shaming is awful and like it it warps and distracts and terrorizes relationships that you have for years to come yeah and now i know that me and donatella are in better places in our life and we're dredging this up because specifically obviously the things that happened to us today yeah um i know like what i would want to say to any of our young listeners that are on this podcast is is take care of yourself and your needs because some if something doesn't feel right then it's probably not right. Yeah. And take into consideration that I know that colleges and universities are really messed up when it comes out of handling situations, but it's okay to seek outside therapy and help to get, like, you know, to talk through your issues instead of going down some of the more destructive paths that Donna and I went down. Yeah. Yeah, and luckily we are in a day and age where people are believing victims more. Yeah. And things don't get buried. I think the the, the biggest thing that I could say is, like, Try and be brave. Try and not be afraid because I know also that I was not the only student that this was happening to while this was going on. Yeah. I was not the only student. And I don't know how the other students feel about it, but I know for sure it had damaging effects on me going forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that some of, for some of my friends who will listen to this, yeah... I I learned that I can survive terrible incidents. And I'm not necessarily blaming any of you because you couldn't have protected me even if you wanted to. Um, it was totally out of every single person's hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do appreciate the friends who helped me move into my new dorm room after I, you know, got demoted. I appreciate the friends who were still around me and whatever. And I did repair some of my relationships because uh, some people did blame me for him getting fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did repair most of those relationships and... I got through it and I got it done, but it just was, it was, um, it was a lot and it's more than I would ever wish on anybody. And I did, oh, I did, I did mean to say this. I did go see a therapist 
right around that time too because it was so heavy that I was so suicidal. It was mm-hmm. awful. I was like, I was in, I remember being in Walnut Ridge and just being like so sad, unbearably sad. And I wasn't even sad over John B. I was sad because I felt like everybody was, I, like I said in the text message I sent to Amy M, I was like, I was like, you made me feel like I was some like faggot slut. Yeah. And, and I wasn't ready to be out and yeah. I hadn't even slept with anybody. Yeah. So I went to go see a therapist to get, get the screws and back. Did you feel and, shame. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. So, this was heavy. Yeah, it was, but on a positive note, look at where we are today. We're unpacking it, and we're moving forward, because that's the only way to do that, is to try and heal from these past situations. And I I, I promised myself that I'm going to come out earlier in any profession that I have from now on, and I'm not going to live such a closeted lifestyle. And I'll probably still always have that twinge of fear about what could possibly happen to me. But, um... I'm going to start living a, a little bit more out and proud. Yeah. As you should. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for tuning into this edition of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, listeners. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a-J-E-M of a secret podcast dot com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.